So, week two of the journey. Hey? How was your journey last week? Not that good, eh? Cool. So, for those of you who went here, we've started a, um, well, we start, we've started a series on spiritual formation, which is really, it's about journeying with God and just, this, we're going to go into the different disciplines, but we're just laying a foundation of what spiritual formation is, um, what's our part, what's God's part, and how it all works together, etc., etc. So, so, so last week, what is spiritual formation? I'm just going to throw that out there. It is the process of being conformed to the image of Christ for the sake of others. That will be announced every single week until you get it, because that is what happens. It is the process of being conformed into the image of Christ for the sake of others. Now, a lot of people say, well, spiritual formation is for me. I want spiritual formation for myself. I want to be a better person. But actually, if you look at the Bible, it's for others, and it always will be for others. And no matter what we go through or what God is doing in our hearts and our lives, it is for the sake of others. Do you agree with me? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Cool. So every single one of us is going through spiritual formation, whether we like it or not. Whether you're a Christian or non-Christian, you're going through some type of spiritual formation. And last week we, we had a look at this. Is the major thing in the 20th century at the moment is enlightenment, finding yourself. Greg spoke about this morning, this is not about self-help, it's not about, you know, making goals and setting plans and everything like that in order to better yourself. This is about everything for me and nothing for everyone else. If you look at every every single other religion, it's all about me. It's about me. I want want to enlighten myself so that I can go on to become a better person, or I can become a god, if you look at some of the religions. If you look at pantheism, which is the one of the things the religions going around at the moment is that everything can be a God. The chair can be a God. A tree outside can be a God. I can be a God. But we know there is only one God. And you're seated in heaven. Amen. Amen. So whose responsibility is our spiritual formation? If you say it's mine, then we go and we start walking into a legalistic type of thing of works. It does say, yes, in Philippians it says we need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. But if you read it on, it says, for it's God who works in us. Often we'll say, we'll look at spiritual formation and say, well, I need to do it because I need to better myself. Well, actually, you cannot better yourself. There's no ways that Grant can put things in place for Grant in order for Grant to be better. Grant can allow God to put things in place for Grant so that Grant can be better. I have to surrender myself. So if it's all us, it becomes legalistic. Yeah. If it's all God, we become lazy. Yeah. Because then I'm just going to sit back on the chair and just going to say, okay, God, you do your magic and I'll just, you know, just ring the bell when it's ready. Mm. God's not like that. He's a participation. Right. God is the major stakeholder in our spiritual formation, yes. but we have a part to play. We have to allow and surrender ourselves to God in order for him to start working in our lives. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Cool. So there are four steps that we are going to look at. We're looking at the process, being conformed to the image of Christ for the sake of others. So those are the four steps that we're going to do. And I was actually going to try to do the first two tonight, but I don't think I'm going to manage to do the first two. So we're just going to look at the process. What is the process of being conformed? Every single thing that we do 
There's a process. We plan, we put into action. It's something that we are continually going along and we're setting plans and goals and we're moving. It's a process. And we walk. Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 15, and this is where that's, I'm going to read out of the message because it actually it's, it's, it says it quite nicely. It says, He handed out gifts of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, and pastor teacher to train Christ followers in the skilled servant work, working within Christ's body, the church, until we are all moving rhythmically and easily with each other. How wonderful is that, eh? Hey? Efficient and graceful in response to God's Son. Fully mature adults, fully developed within and without, fully alive like Christ. No prolonged infancies among us, please. We will not tolerate babes in the woods, small children who are easy mark for imposters. God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth and tell it in love, like Christ in everything. We take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy in God, robust in love. I think that it's just it's a wonderful way of putting it that the reason that we are here is not to be babies anymore. Yeah. We are called to grow up. And often we'll see people and, and, and Christians that have been in the same place for such a long time, but they're actually not man enough to grow up. If you look at a development of a child, you don't put it in the cot one night and you go there the next morning and it's a teenager. It would be wonderful because you've got nothing else to do, but it just doesn't happen like that. It's a process. Growth is a process. Our bodies have to develop. Our lives have to develop. It would be even better if you put it as a baby and it comes out as an adult. You can pay rent. Hey, it would be even better. But it's not like that. Okay? It goes through a process. And such as our physical body goes through a process, so does our spiritual body. We have to go through a process. If you ask any Christian nowadays, they'll say, what is Christian life like? Well, it's a day-to-day, up-and-down walk. And what is transformation like? No, it's a zapping. God just zaps me, and I'm just changed, and everything's fine. The problem is that, that, yes, that does happen, but we are so looking after the zapping process that we forget about the rest of it. And we go and we hunt after the zapping process. Well, God did it like this last time, so I'm going to go, and I'm going to go search for him to do it like that again. And you go from pillar to post looking for the next big zapping. God's not a God like that. And the amazing thing is, as I was reading this book, and I mean, it's, it's out of the book, Invitation to Journey, by Robert Mulholland Jr., and it's a very good book. It explains the processing and the being conformed and the image of Christ, and for the sake of others, and it goes into a whole lot of other stuff, which we'll cover in the weeks to come. But if we look at God as, as a God that just zaps us, that is boring, eh? I think. Because then, then I might as well be a fly that gets zapped by that little thing every time that you're trying to kill it. You know, you get zapped. Then you get zapped again, and you get zapped again. But the problem with that is that if we get zapped, there's no growth into the next time that we get transformed or the next time that we get transformed. There has to be a foundation and a base. And when we start, we say, okay, God, I'm actually allowing you now to come and do what you need to do then God can start working systematically. Yeah. And he can start working through it, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. 
if we get if we wanting to look for the zapped, our spiritual quest, we look for the next best thing, the right technique, the proper method. It's not about that. It's not about that. There's lots of self-help books that you can read that will give you different ways to structure your life in terms of goals and that type of stuff. But God is more concerned about your spirit. He's more concerned about your heart. He's more concerned about the type of person that he wants you to be. You see, we can be the person that we want to be. And it might be completely different to how God wants us to be. And our objective as a Christian should be, well, I want to be transformed to the image of Christ. End of story. I don't want to be transformed to a better person of Grant. Because as wonderful as I am, I'm not the be-all and end-all. Jesus is. So being transformed to the image of Christ. Kenneth Leach puts it like this. says, in the years since the 1960s, we have seen popular unfolding of an authentic spiritual quest. Yet linked with the search for authentic experiential knowledge of God in his peace or in his space, there's been a narrowing of vision, a desire for instant ecstasy, instant salvation. It's a quest for the correct method, the right mantra, the shortcut which brings insight, which has marked so much of our recent spiritual undergrowth. Isn't that true, eh? What are you doing for God to, to do stuff in your life? Let me try that. Okay, it's not working for me. Let me try what Greg does. No, it's not working. Let me try what Lyndon does. Instead of coming before God and say, right, open canvas, go well. We look at other people and we say, well, they're growing very quickly, so they must be doing something right, so therefore I need to go and do what they're doing. God's not like that. God's not like that at all. See, as children grow, they go through growth spurts. Am I right? I've got two girls going through a growth spurt at exactly the same time. Financially, it's not great. Hey? New clothes, new shoes, new everything. But the thing is, the same thing as us is that we go through a growth spurt in our spiritual formation. And it's like, all of a sudden, we, we hear and then we're there. It's like, wow, what happened? And then we keep looking for the spurt, the growth spurt. But here's the thing. God comes and he works behind the scenes. Now, we're always interested in the results. What is the result of me reading the Bible? Instead of saying, God, what is, why don't you show me what you're doing inside so that I can actually allow myself to be released? Instead of saying, right, I'm going to read Genesis 5 today, and it's going to be good, and then we, we sort it. So 5, 60 verses, one minute, of, uh, let's go, 30, let's go, five minutes and I'm done. And that's all the time that I'm going to spend with God. And then you wonder why you don't get a growth spurt. And you wonder why God is not moving you on. Because it's a process. You don't realize that the, if, you, when, when you, if I look at my life, I see there's been many, many places of stagnation. Of where I don't even seem to grow. I just seem to be on the same plane. It's just like, and it's a hard slugger. You've felt like that. I've felt like that. But at the end of it, it's like cheaper, cheaper. It's like I'm running, I'm like toiling, 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 and all of a sudden there's just this freedom. And it's like, well, God, why did you take so long to do that? He's saying, because my son, I need to work in you. Because the next time you come up against this, it's not going to be so difficult. But if you don't allow me to do it now, and the next time comes, you're going to go through the same process again. 
It's like the Israelites walking in, in, in the desert. They were said, go into the promised land. They came back and they said, not a chance. No ways. So God said, fine. You're an unbelieving generation. This whole generation will die before you go into the promised land. I never want God to say to me, you're an unbelieving generation. If you cannot believe that my spirit can do things in your life, that my spirit can take things and actually rectify, that my spirit can get rid of lust, can, get, can break the, the chains and the bondages that are over your life. That's the process. That's the process. God is working and nurturing down below the surface where we never, ever see it. Never, ever see it. George MacDonald says this, To give us the spiritual gift we desire, God may have to begin far back in our spirit, in the regions unknown to us, and to do so much work that we can be aware of only in the results. In the gulf of our unknown being, God works behind our consciousness with his holy influence, his own presence, he may be approaching our consciousness from behind, coming forward through the regions of our darkness into our light long before we even long before we begin to be aware that he's actually answering our request. In fact, he's answered it and he's visiting his child. So often through those long dark nights where we just seem to battle, God is actually answering our request for freedom. But we can't see the result yet. Because you know what? We're, we're, we're a generation that is instantaneous. We want instantaneous gratification now. Look at anyone at a vending machine. They put their money in the vending machine and that thing doesn't come out, my word. Hey? Yeah. I've seen videos where people kick it, they break it, they try to punch the glass and everything like that. But that's it, it's instantaneous gratification. My kids, they'll say, can I have something to drink? And say, so I'll get it for you now. Not even 30 seconds later, where's my drink? instantaneous. They want it, they want it now. It's exactly the same with us. God, I want you to work in my life, but I want you to work now. And it must be done quickly. But God is a God of process. He's a God of taking the deep things and the things that are, that are deep within inside us and starts changing it. As I was just going over this, this afternoon, just the, the, the word pearl came into my mind. So I did a little bit of research on how a pearl is formed in the oyster. Does anyone know how it's formed? You don't? Okay, I'm going to tell you. Well, Linda, you know, so I'm not... Sorry, Jane, you know, so you can just keep quiet. I'm just joking. So a pearl starts with an irritation in the oyster. A grain of sand. And how small is a grain of sand that, gets, that goes through the whatever the shell bits and goes in and, and sits in there and it forms an irritation, then the process starts. The process for a pearl can take between one and six years for a fresh water, between five and 20 for a salt water. Hey, you want a pearl? Wait. You want God to work in your life? Wait. But the result of a pearl is stunning. Hey? The result of God working our lives is stunning. And we have to allow him to do that. So it will always start with a conflict. It will always start with an irritation in our life. And God will come and say, grant that thing right there. And you just go, mm, no. Can you work on something else that I'm happy with? No, he says, that thing right there. And it starts with the irritation, and we have to yield. Our response and our responsibility in this whole thing of spiritual formation is allowing God to pinpoint those ideas, allowing him to, surrendering to that, 
and then saying, God, right, how do I work with you to fix it? Because that's what it's about. Spiritual formation is a partnership between us and God. The hidden work is a nurturing that prepares us for the quantum leap forward. God always wants us to move forward. He always wants us to jump forward to the next thing. But there's a hidden agenda. There's a there's a nurturing that happens in our soul to get there. There's no instantaneous way of putting our money in the slot, seeing spiritual formation drop out and say, get it, and I'm just going to eat it, and I'm, I'm fine. Or it doesn't work for me, so I'm going to go to another slot and put another coin in. It doesn't happen like that. But our culture dictates that. Our culture dictates instantaneous gratification. Our culture, you look at fast food. I want food and I want it now. I get irritated when it takes more than five minutes for me to get my food. I need to go wash my car, go through a drive-thru. It's quick and easy. Our culture dictates that things need to be instantaneous and now it's getting faster and faster and faster and God is saying, slow down. Saying, take your foot off the pedal and just actually relax in me. What is the job of the church? The job of the church is to be counterculture to the world. The problem is, is that the church is echoing the culture of the world. We're not being counterculture. So we are saying the same thing. It's like, right, I want the presence of God. It must come now. You want to be healed? It must be now. Yes, God can do that. But sometimes it's a process. And we need to feel comfortable as, as Christians that it might take longer than what we think. And it generally does take longer than what we think because God is teaching us stuff. So you're willing to be processed by God because that's really what it's about. That's the start of spiritual formation. If you're not willing to be processed, then God's got a lot more to do with you. But if you're willing to say, okay, God, I'm really, I'm just going to surrender to you and allow you to come and do the things that you want to do in my heart then God can start this journey and the journey can take forward. So, is spiritual formation optional or a necessity? I know what my answer is. If we allow culture to infiltrate our thinking and our attitudes, then it becomes an option. Because you can say, I don't want this. But if we allow God to infiltrate our attitudes and our thinking, then it becomes necess- it's necessary for me to have spiritual formation. It's necessary for me to grow in Christ, in the image of Christ. Everyone is in process for spiritual formation, good or bad, as I said earlier. Every thought we have, every emotion we hold, every decision we make, action we take, every response we make to the world around us, every relationship we enter into, every reaction towards the things around us, all of these things, little by little, are shaping us into some type of being. Either into the wholeness of the image of Christ or into a horribly destructive image that is not Christ. I want to say that again. We are either being formed into the image of Christ or we are being formed into a horribly destructive image. Now, for me, I know which one I would like to go to. Wholeness or destructiveness conditions our relationship with God and with others. So the image that we are being conformed to is either going to have a positive effect on God with our relationship with God or it's going to have a negative effect on our relationship with God. We either become liberating agents in God's grace and mercy 
or we become carriers of the sickness of this world. It's quite a strong word, but it's true. If you won't allow God to take you through the process of spiritual formation, you become a carrier of the sickness of this world. You're either going to be conformed to the image of Christ or you're going to be conformed to the image of the devil. That's it. C.S. Lewis states it this way. Every time you make a choice, you're turning the central part of you, the part of you that chooses, into something a little different than what it was before. And taking your life as a whole, with all of your innumerable choices, all your life long, you are slowly turning into the central thing, either into a heavenly creature or into a hellish creature. Doesn't mince his words, does does he? Either into a creature that is in harmony with God and with other creatures and with itself, or else into something that is in a state of war and hatred with God, with his fellow creatures and with itself. To be, to be the one kind of creature is heaven, it is joy, it is peace, it is knowledge, and it is power. To be the other means madness, horror, idiocy, rage, impotence, and eternal loneliness. Each of us at the moment is progressing to one state or the other. Spiritual formation is not only God's responsibility. It's your responsibility. Why? Because you choose whether you allow God to do this in your life. And yes, you can say, God, I want you to do this. And you can say, right, I want you to work on this. And you can say, no, I don't want to work on that. But it's God that does the nurturing. It's God that does the tearing down and the breaking. We cannot break any chains that are over us. And we'll look next week when you start looking at at being conformed, which is, it's really about the issue of control. Who's in control of your life? I like to be in control of my life. But God doesn't want me to be in control of my life. He wants to be in control of my life. Spiritual formation is not optional. It's a necessity to us. Our lives, we cannot move away from it. The Christian journey is an intentional and continual commitment to a lifelong process of growth that we allow Jesus to do in our lives. Remember the scripture we did in the beginning. This is in the... Normal NIV, it says, until in third, verse 13, it says, until we reach all unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure and the fullness of Christ. God's mission for us or desire for us is that we would attain the fullness of Christ. Not a half measure, the full measure of Christ. You look at verse 15, it says, instead of speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become the very respect, the mature body of him who is the head. God doesn't want us to be immature for our whole life. There's many scriptures. It says that, you know, our teacher is infants because you're still on milk. You're not taking the solid food There's, and that type of stuff. And it's just God wants to move us on. God wants to change us. But do we want to change? Do we want to be conformed to the image of Christ? And that's really where the question lies. It's not, does God want to? Yes, he does. But do I allow him to do that in my life? And it's difficult. But it's real. And we have to allow him to do that. We're going to take communion. Just part of the process of understanding is is we recognize what Jesus did on the cross. Because once we understand what he did on the cross, what his blood did, what his broken body achieved for us, then we can say, all right, 
I am not worthy to enter into the throne room of God. But because of Jesus' blood, he sees me as holy and he sees me as worthy. And when he does that, and that's why he wants to work in our lives so much. Because he has this perfect image of Jesus. And he says, you need to be that. You need to mirror that. So that when I'm walking down the street or Andrew's walking down the street and people say, what is different about you? You can say, well, I've got Jesus in my life. Because I'm reflecting Jesus. The image of Christ has been reflected through me. Am I still sinful? Absolutely. But by the grace of God, I can say, I want to be conformed into the image of Christ. Amen. Amen.